You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. Coach's Journey Podcast. We are so excited to do another episode with you. I'm Dr. Sherry Fluell and one of the co-hosts with Faisal and San, who is our other amazing verbose uh, uh, <laughs> host. We are here with Alec DiLorenzo, and he has a really, really incredible story you won't want to miss. And the reason you won't want to miss this is because he is literally working on getting into and building his, his coaching. And if you're at your first stages of coaching, you're going to understand how hard it is, how hard it is to do the reach outs. And why is it hard to do reach outs? Because sometimes we think, who am I to do this? Like I'm, I have this other career, this other thing I've been doing. And how am I going to, how am I going to help people understand that this is actually a thing that I could do successfully with them? So there's a whole lot of, of concern and fear around that. And so we're going to dive deep into that and a whole bunch of other stuff. So you won't want to miss this episode. Uh, Faisal, I'm going to pass it to you. We did a, <clears throat> a masterclass recently. Can you uh, share a little bit about that and where people can uh, get in touch with that? Yeah. And the, the, for those who are in the Facebook group, you can just type hashtag masterclass. If you weren't there, you, you, you don't want to miss this one because we really went and directly into what stops you from getting clients and what are some of the key things that you can do right now to quickly get clients. And, and we had an incredible conversation with the coaches who were there. I did a video right before this as well in, in the morning today. Uh, so whether you put hashtag masterclass here or there, definitely get access to that. We can give you the recording, go through that, because that might be the thing that you need to get your next five clients or, or the first five clients. Uh, definitely go through that. And also just uh, for today's um, conversation, uh, I mean, one of the things that uh, Alec will go into is the, the imposter syndrome that a lot of coaches deal with was a big part of his journey and and it actually was part of my journey. And I know Sherry worked through that too, coming out of a very different, similar field, but still she had to uh, deal with that. And, and that's something that a lot of coaches deal with. So make sure if you're going through that or you're, you have those hesitations of putting yourself out there, today's conversation is really going to help you out. Absolutely. So Alec, welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm pumped to be here today. What a treat. <laughs> Awesome. So can you just start by sharing what got you into coaching? Because you're coming from a very different field of work. And I'm curious, curious how that happened. Yeah. Um, so I got into coaching probably officially right around three to four years ago. It was technically when I started doing my first coaching um, at my work with some of the members of my team as a manager of engineers. Um, and what kind of sparked that desire to get into coaching, um, was really around seeing people on my team coming into work, um, and looking like they had just rolled out of bed, you know, sleep still in their eyes, not a lot of drive or ambition and just not much enjoyment in general. Um, I want to enjoy as much as I can, the moments through my day, my interactions with different people, if that's at work, if that's with friends, right. And so seeing members on my team start coming in, not being excited. And I'm their manager. I took it as kind of my responsibility to, to support them and, and get them more excitement and energetic in their life. Um, and at the time I had actually just started doing some of my own coaching originally with um, my friend, Eric Nelson. And then I started working with Faisal um, at that, around that same time. And I was really getting more into Brendan Burchard, High Performance Habits was the framework that I was being introduced to. And so I got the book and I read through some of the habits and just started to, I wasn't certified, right? I wasn't, um, didn't have a great plan. I just knew, hey, there's these core high performance habits, right? Clarity, productivity, courage, influence, energy are the main ones. And I just kind of sat down with my engineer one of my days in a one-on-one. -on -one, and I was like, hey, did you know, like the number one high performers in the world just work on these habits and it helps them 
like it grow in all areas of their life and find joy and excitement and fulfillment. And I was like, first off, like, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish here with this company in your life? Um, and he was kind of like, usually we just talk about work, right? Today I'm talking about him. Um, and so we started talking about it and then identified some goals that he had. And then I was like, awesome. So what's holding you back right now? What are the areas you want to grow to get there? And we just started talking about these different habits and we started doing just mini conversations on courage, how he could be more courageous, influential. Um, and I started doing those with a bunch of members on my team week after week. And after a few weeks, there was like a noticeable shift in how my teammate members were, were showing up to work, more energy, more excitement. People in the office were starting to notice what's going on here. Like, like he's really picked it up. And that just gave me so much joy. And like, yeah. I was just so excited to, to see them kind of finding their path um, and figuring out what they did want to go accomplish and helping them get there. It just fired me up so much. I was like, okay, I'm like, how do I do more of this? <laughs> like, I want to keep coaching more people because it just lit me up. Um, and it's something for a long time that I needed myself. Um, but yeah, so that's really what got me coaching originally. And so then I started coaching some people. I started getting more interested in high performance myself, even more so when tried working with Faisal. And I actually started doing some real estate investing. And that's when I was kind of like, I, why am I spending my time on this when I want to just go all in on, on coaching? And so I did make that shift all into coaching. It was around, um, I want to say the early at the end of last year um, is when I actually Faisal introduced me to the coaching mastery community, CMC. And that's where I'll say the wheels started to kind of catch traction quite a bit. Um, and ultimately in CMC, you're coaching with other coaches, getting feedback on your coaching, you're getting coached, you're going through, you know, master classes on, on marketing, on sales, on how do we find the clients and how do we move our business forward. And before being part of that community, it was kind of like, I'm not sure how to go about this. I don't know what, how to do this, what are best practices. Um, and I just didn't feel like I had a method that worked and it was just difficult to have confidence in any action to take for myself. I just wasn't sure. Um, and I didn't even know how good I was at coaching. Um, it's one thing to coach someone at work that works for me and I have a relationship with them already. It's another thing to meet with someone that I don't know that well, that potentially I'm asking them for money now. And there's this expectation that really we want results. And that shift really scared me and made me uncomfortable. And am I good enough for this? Can I actually make the difference that I made for those others with someone I don't know that well that I need to get to know? And I was like, man, I need to get better at coaching. And that's where CMC really helped pull that out of me, give me experience, hands-on time working with other coaches, getting feedback. Um, and I've felt my coaching skill like has just massively, I'll call it like blossomed, has grown so much over the last nine months. Um, and it got me inspired to actually go get CHPC certified. So I'm a certified high performance coach now, which happened back in, I think, July. Um, yeah. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was also an amazing uh, additional step to have a, a framework really that I can use. Um, but between that, between applying that in CMC and seeing some people that I'm working with now, um, other business owners, um, other coaches in CMC, seeing them really starting to get take action and get tangible results directly based on sessions we've had. It's so much fun. Um, so that's kind of just been the high level last few years, I guess we'll say for me. Awesome. So it's, it's a journey of, I, I'm a recipient of coaching and I see its power. I can implement it in in the life I already have at work. And then you started seeing success in that. And then you just got hungrier for more of that. And so then you are like, okay, well, let's just, let's just go in all in on coaching and let's figure out how I can do more of that. So then you join CMC, the community where of, of other coaches, and you had an opportunity to coach other coaches and get feedback, which made you even more confident because now this is now a third way, third area of your life in which you're implementing some coaching and, and you're seeing the results. And so, and now you're actually also reaching out to people that aren't at work, that aren't other coaches, and you're starting to see some, 
some benefits and in, in there as well. Yeah. No, yeah. Great overview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of, you know, outreach, individual one-on-one -on -one kind of touch base. Hey, can I support you? Hey, and other things around uh, research calls has actually been the strategy I've been using the most recently, which I've been loving. Um, and if you want me to just, you want me to give an overview of that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But before, before we go there, though, I, I want to highlight a couple of things because it's important to highlight here. Uh, one, I, I really want to honor you, Alec, being on this journey because, I mean, Alec is a perfect model of what it takes to be a really uh, good coach. And, and I, I consider Alec to be a really good coach, even though he's just gotten certified, even though he's uh, just jumped into the business world. Um, the thing that makes him really good is not necessarily be, because he just jumped in. It's because he's gone through about two years of two and a half years of coaching himself. He's gone through that journey. He's pushed himself to, to levels that, that he might have not been able to do on his own. Um, and that's the, the whole process, process of that. And I've watched his journey for, for these two years, the areas that he had to go into, even though on his own, he did a lot. Um, but then within the coaching process, there were areas he went into that he wouldn't have gone, gone through. And this is the differentiating factor, I would say, for a lot of uh, coaches that if you've gone through a process yourself, one, you understand the value deeply. And two, so it helps you understand that, hey, this is going to help this person a lot because it helped me quite a bit through that process. And, and that was one of my initial convictions was that I hadn't coached a lot of people, but I knew that I was coached. I was like, holy, if, if this can, I can replicate this with one other person, this will really take them to the, to the next level. That would override a lot of my insecurities, the, some of the skill sets that I needed to build, a lot of the other things that I had to do. And, and it helped me kept going forward. Um, so I wanted to really highlight that for those coaches who are listening to this and they they haven't gotten the support that they need, go get it, get, get a coach for yourself, join a community that gives you coaching, join us, co join coaching master community. But even if you don't join us, get your coach at whatever level, even Rich Ledvin says, get the coach that you can afford um, until you can afford better coaches as you move forward. And that, that's been my journey too, is that, that I've been able to, to uh, gain more resources, um, more uh, and in terms of developing my business, I've hired more and more coaches, but there is usually an initial investment that you put in any path that you go on. That's just the nature of that. So I really want to celebrate you on the path that you're on because you've done a lot of the work yourself and now you're supporting others to do the, that work. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for pointing that out, Faisal. I think that is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's, that's a great call out. Um, and just to like put an explanation point on that too, I really started getting into personal development for myself and understanding and reading leadership books, podcasts, um, psychology, neuroscience books. Like I was getting really into that when I was around 22, 23 years old is when I was like, this is super interesting to me. And I love how it like everyone's kind of my brain's a puzzle and how can I figure out the best way to, you know, optimize it and think about interacting with others and leadership. Um, and that was when I was like 23. And I just started doing coaching officially like two to three years ago, and I'm 30 now. So there was about a five or so year window where I was constantly consuming personal development material, constantly living with good friends who are also high performers. And we were constantly chatting about things at work, talking about the books we're reading for like five years straight of nonstop, like mini masterminding personal development. Um, and I grew during that time. Absolutely. But when I got a coach, like even with everything I did before, there was just a whole nother level of growth that like exploded through after that, where how that coach could help ask the right questions, get me thinking about the right things, helping me see these blind spots that me and my buddies, I mean, we, we never got to those things or I could never find them that way. Even me personally journaling for years so much more was found and insights and other ways to look at the world and urgency added on, Hey, what am I passionate about? And getting more connected to that. Like that all came through the coaching journey of me working with Eric and then Faisal and now in CMC and it's just been getting even better. Um, so I do really want to call out that importance of getting a coach. I thought I was doing so much before and I was, but it still took me to another level. So like Faisal mentioned, if there's a way that you can get connected with a coach, whatever that looks like for you right now, um, being a part of getting coached when you're pursuing coaching, I think is extremely necessary and critical for 
your perspective and for your growth. So yeah, I just want to add to that. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and now we can go back to it because I interrupted the flow there. I thought it was an important <laughs> oh, yes. point. So we can go back to like, uh, so a couple areas we, we want to consider covering one, uh, one of the things that I did want to cover that we discussed a little bit before we started the call is the imposter syndrome that you dealt with, which is a major thing that coaches deal with. Um, but within that, we, you can also, we can also highlight what it took for you to actually, um, and, and maybe that's the over, uh, overarching theme is that imposter, imposter syndrome. And as you started dealing with that, by the way, there, I don't know if there is such a thing as a syndrome we've made up around that but but syndrome. whatever that thing is <laughs> clinically speaking syndrome is a cluster of symptoms that are are somewhat related and they that that researchers think it's related so yeah, yeah mm. it's it's the, it, a, we've self-diagnosed in this area absolutely in your medical records <laughs> so maybe we can start with that and then the outreach is a part of that like what a lot gave you that that freedom to connect with people and actually be excited to serve them versus being like oh can i serve this person or can i support this person or not because i know you went through that journey absolutely yeah um so yeah let me go through that um so i want to start actually by briefly just backing up a little bit more um, which is around when I was growing up, call it elementary school, junior high, high school, right before college, very formative years for a lot of us, of course, all of us. And ultimately, like from the get go, parents are extremely supportive, love them to death. Um, and it was, I really watched my parents as, as models for my life growing up. Um, my dad was successful in his in business worked for a larger corporation and just continued moved up the ladder through his career and was very successful. Um, and I watched that and I was like, that's just what I'm going to do. Like, that looks like, like fair enough. I'm going to get good grades, stay out of trouble, go to college, get a good job, work hard and move up the company. Like that was just the path I just saw laid out in front of me. Right. And that was what I was taught. Um, and so as soon as I kind of was like, there it is, and it's a very doable path. I always believed I could do that. My parents have breathed like belief into me and my brother and sister our whole life that we can accomplish things. Um, and as soon as I was kind of given that path and I just kind of went click, yep, got it. I just started going with the flow. Basically my entire junior high through high school, I kind of was like, oh, everything, my future's kind of like set, taken care of in the sense of like, I just have to apply myself. But I really went with the flow and was like, this is my path. I'm just going to go through the motions. And I did that not just through school, not just through um, areas around career, but I kind of did that with my friends, with, you know, my relationships where I wanted to take the path of least resistance. That was kind of my mindset as a kid. Um, and if that meant that if everyone wanted to do something and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that path of least resistance is just like go along with it and there wasn't anything like extremely negative or like terrible things that you know we did that I went along with but at the same time I was not expressing call it myself I wasn't really exploring what I loved I was kind of just like going along with my friends going along with the family just going through the motions um because it was easy it was simple um and uh overall I stayed on that path and continued to kind of go with the flow into college um got engineering degree I like problems and, and stuff and I love that degree but still I wasn't pushing or I wasn't challenging much um I wasn't really discovering really what I was passionate about and I was anxious a lot of the time um because overall I was trying to make sure that I was continually on my right path and I, especially as I got out of college and into my full-time role I felt like something was missing and I never really could put a finger on it. Um, but I had done everything I felt like I was supposed to, right? I'd gotten good grades. I, I went to college. I stayed out of trouble. I got the good job. I had amazing friends and I had a great, you know, paycheck, all these things, checking them all off. And I just felt like I'm looking around and understanding why I'm, aren't I feeling fulfilled and like I got everything right. Um, I've done everything that everyone expected of me, right? That's kind of what I said. Um, but I felt like an imposter, like I had to put on some persona 
for everyone else to show up how they wanted me to. And I kind of was like, man, like, what exactly do I want? Um, and for a while, I just was like, well, that'll come with the next promotion, right? Like, I'll just get the next promotion and then everything will be like, then that'll be where I want to be. Right. And I'd get the next promotion. It would be hard. It'd be difficult. And I'd be like, this isn't it either. What's going on? Um, and so a lot of my life, I was just going with the flow, doing what everyone else wanted me to do and never stopping to ask myself, what am I passionate about? What do I enjoy and what do I want to do? And it was when I started to see other people at my job where they had a problem, they wanted to resolve it and they had this vision for how they wanted to solve problems. My role was to help them solve that problem. And I, I got really good at that. And I loved it because when I saw someone else with a passion, when I saw someone else with this vision that they wanted to create something, it inspired me because I never had that for myself. I never had my own vision, my own passion that I was chasing. And so when I saw someone else, I wanted to hop in and be like, how can I help you get there? Because then when they got there and they lit up, I lit up. And that's kind of where I kind of naturally subconsciously kept driving my career toward is areas of support, leadership. How can I help others meet their goals? And then it was when I started getting into coaching, when I started having bigger problems and I was like, I need a coach. I'm still feeling like something's missing is when those questions started to get asked to me. What are my passions? What are the things that get me excited? What do I want to accomplish and what fires me up? And I really started to discover, oh, man, it is helping these other people. Um, but for a long time, I was doing that because I wanted people to like me at the end of the day, right? That was a big reason why I initially was going with the flow, um, why I wasn't pushing back against others. It was it, path of least resistance. Well, if I just stay out of everyone's way, if I'm just, you know, the person everyone likes, there won't be any issues. Life will move on smoothly but I definitely lost a part of myself throughout that whole journey because I stopped listening to who I was and I started putting others ahead of myself so often. Um, I forgot who I was. And so that's where that coaching comes back in and helping remind me and me getting reconnected to who that person is. And as we get into like that imposter syndrome, right? It's one thing for me to be like, oh, here's, I want to be a coach. It's another thing to start exclaiming that and going from someone who went with the flow to someone who's now posting on social media about, Hey, I'm pivoting my life into something that not a lot of people are thinking about. Right. And, and doing something in my free time. Um, that's work in, in theory, right. Having a separate job and trying to be an entrepreneur really uncomfortable me to take that. Cause my whole life I had stayed in line and now I was starting to step over that line and put myself out there and I was terrified of what are people going to say? What if people don't like me anymore? What if they don't understand what I'm doing? Um, and that's, that was scary um, for a long time. And I would like literally <laughs> go to post on Facebook and I'd like be like terrified and I'd hit post and I'd shut my phone off and I'd throw it and I'd be like, nobody, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see what people say. I'm just going to like ignore it. Right. Like that was my style to get through it at that time because I wanted to, I had things I wanted people to hear. Um, or even if it just connects with one person, I'm like, that's fine. Like if one person gets this and 99 thinks it's crazy, one person will get impacted. And that's really where I focused at the time. Um, because as the year has gone this year, and I've tried to get more and more connected to not being as connected to what others are saying and more to align with myself and what I believe in my goals and how I want to impact and add value to others. Um, at the end of the day, me holding back because I'm afraid of what others are going to say is one, it's, it's really selfish. And I'll say that in the respect that if I'm choosing to lean into my fears and my insecurities and say, it's okay, I'll just not add value or help others because I'm scared about it. Well, that's just putting me ahead of others. And obviously, well, not about obviously, but it's definitely a, I'm trying to put myself first more often. And this is kind of an awkward way to say this actually, but 
my goals are to support and help a lot of people achieve their goals to be able to see what their path in their life is and to get on it and march down it and, and discover what you know fulfillment means to them and help them achieve that right and so I can't make that impact or difference without putting myself out there, without acting like a lighthouse and seeing who's willing or who's open to having a conversation, um, which means putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and telling people, you know, hey, this is what I do. I'd love to have a conversation. Um, and knowing that some people just aren't there right now or they won't, they don't, that's just not their time. They're not ready or they're not interested. And that's fine. But that also doesn't mean anything about me. That means more about them, right? It's it's not, I'm not defined by that person's thought about a situation. And uh, I feel like I could keep talking like for a long time, rambling. So I'll, I'll kind of close it down here and see what questions you guys got or what feedback you have there or what you want to add on. But uh, I'm going to jump out of my seat, but I'm going to let Sherry go first because I'm like okay. energized at a different level. <laughs> I just want to point out the significant mindset shift that you had from, you know, just starting and I'm like, oh, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Being super self-conscious to now to the point where you're like, actually, if I don't tell people I'm being super selfish. And so I, it's my moral obligation to tell everybody, to give everybody a chance to see what they're missing out on. That's a big shift. And I, I does, that's an exciting shift and, a, and, a, and I think a critical one, but one that it's, it's hard to take. So I am just, I'm excited to see how that happened for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, it's making me even more excitement, excited because I've seen Alex's journey. So I, I have a lot of gaps in there that, that I can fill with my mind <laughs> that I've seen the whole thing. It's really cool to watch him here. So, um, well, uh, you also reminded me of recently we were uh, at a camping um, a trip and some of the best conversations I've had is around the fire. And so it was my wife, uh, my, myself and two other family members. We were up until like three in the morning having uh, conversations in front of the fire. And we, it actually started with sort of a debate. It was like, what, what, what really drives people and why are certain people a certain way and other people are not? And this actually highlights why I think coaches sometimes in their excitement, they lose sight of this. And I, I did as well is that one coaching is not for everybody. Uh, even, even though every coach probably thinks in their mind that I, I can coach everyone. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I, I, my coaching is for everybody. But if you actually look at it from a, a human nature point of view and, and how our behavior works, that's looking at the, like I think most coaches are aware of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that most people are actually st stuck at the bottom tier needs and they're not at the uh, self-actualization level. And coaches are in a very unique situation where they were pushed in one way or another towards this. And I, I don't think what's unique about coaches is that something happens in their life, but they have kind of, for some reason, whatever incident, whatever moment in their life that happened, it, it got them to reflect on it differently, assign a different meaning and even though they could be in, in, in the bottom tiers of needs and that hierarchy in some areas, but for some reason they've hit self-actualization and they're kind of driven towards wanting to be, go, go towards that. There's a need that has developed. And I think a lot of times we project that need outwards. And I did is starting out initially when I was like, I wanted to coach everybody around me. But I realized most people did not only did not need that. I, what was worse was I realized later on in the first two years that it could actually be harmful towards people to take them through a coaching process because they're just not at, at that level. Um, and, and, and it's not, an, it's not a, like a superiority, inferiority thing. It's just that certain people don't have those needs. They, they don't need it. Um, and so, and I'm going to connect it back to in our conversation during like around that campfire, one of the debates um, uh, we had was that, okay, so when, what, what makes you different than other people and why are you different? Why aren't you like other people? And why don't, why don't people behave a certain way? And one of the things I talked about is shared in my journey is that actually the way I am in my day-to-day -day life and the way I have been the past at least seven or eight years is, is not, it hasn't been an easy journey. 
because and this connects to what Alex said is that a lot of what I've had to do has gone in a different direction than other people around me and in a direction that a lot of people around me don't understand uh, which meant that a lot of times I've looked like I'm selfish even though I'm thinking of everybody a lot of times I've looked like I'm doing things for myself a lot of times I've looked one way or another a lot of times it looks like confusing it's like why the hell is this person doing all this stuff what does it matter but I the, the only reason I've gone on this journey is because there's something that clicked in in my heart and my soul and my mind that no you know what this is my path this is what matters to me and I'm gonna move this this forward because there's something deep down in in my belief it's, it's something to do with my soul that 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 clicked in I could not ignore that um and I still can't ignore it and my my debate was like it wasn't an easy transition to be here and it hasn't been an easy, why would I do that unless there was such a deep drive? And why would other people want to go towards this unless they have enough of a necessity around this? Um, and so coaches are in a very weird, interesting situation where they're only working with people who are actually beginning to go towards that self-actualization or they have already been in that space. And that's a very key. And, and, and one of the things that I've seen with coaches over and over is they go towards people who are in a completely different part of their life. And they, they have no opening to, towards that, that piece. And so what ends up happening, not only do they start working with people who are not ready, but they're usually people who are um, uh, stuck in many ways in survival, not just in, in, in terms of like the, the way they look at the world or the way they perceive their life, but also financially they're in survival mode. And the reason why they're financially in survival mode a lot of times is because they, are, they haven't kind of gotten past their basing sense. They haven't gone past the, those base instincts and coaches keep focusing on that over and over and then they don't make any breakthroughs. And they're distracted like, well, I got out of that. You might've been a chance. You might've been a, a, a unique situation where you were in the same socioeconomic level, but something clicked in with you that didn't click in with 95% people in your environment. Mm. But now you're trying to pull everybody out. It might not actually work in that way. So I wanted to just highlight that. But the other side of it is that in the journey that Alec has gone through, like the things that he realized about who he was, like now he's connected to his own vision, not just what other people gave him. And even though there were a lot of positives that he highlighted there, it's a very different feeling and it's tangible. And I think coaches understand that, that now they're on a different path. And unraveling that path and knowing who you are in the process will get you connected with, with the right clients. And I, I don't know if that, that was clear, but it really helped me connect those, those two points, your, your, your journey. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it does remind me too of like, there was definitely a lot of challenge I had internally growing up that I kept kind of trying to push away and I mean I was a happy kid but I was also insecure a lot of time especially in groups and in large because I I wanted to go with the flow and be liked by everyone as I kind of mentioned um, but when we have group dynamics and there's all these different people I had I would pay so close attention to everybody because I'm trying to figure out how is that person talking? How are people carrying themselves? What type of person, who do I need to be in this setting to be liked? And that's how I approached a lot of things. And I got good at it. Um, and there was a lot of anxiousness throughout that whole journey. And, and I was ignoring who I really was in my authenticity in that process, which I'm rediscovering now, which I think is one of the most impactful and probably powerful ways a coach can show up is being fully authentic um, and just being themselves, bringing their full self in it and modeling that for the people they're coaching or speaking to. Um, because when we're not being authentic, we're hiding behind something, right? We're hiding behind an insecurity. We're hiding behind um, something of that nature. And when people let their call it guards down and let themselves actually come out, I think people are so beautiful when they're in that moment, when they can be themselves, when they can share their dreams, their hopes, their challenges, and just be raw. Like there's so much power in that. And there's so much beauty in that, but we're all, I have been like, was so scared to show that for so long. Um, and it did, there, there is, 
we can always learn from, from our best. Like I wouldn't take any moment back my whole life because every single time I was paying attention and anxious, it has allowed me to get better at reading people, be better at being able to tune in to things going on so I can maybe ask the right question or, or have the right tone when I'm talking with somebody because I can just pick up on things a little better. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what sparks and when you mentioned that for me, yeah. at least. Yeah. You also, Sherry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Faisal. Uh, you remind me of a framework um, by Dr. Gabor Mate. He mentioned it in his new book. Um, what's the name? I always forget the name. But anyway, the framework is the, uh, the, the need for authenticity versus attachment. And he talks about it from a childhood perspective is that as human beings, we rely heavily on our environment, which is the need for attachment for our parents, our family to take care of us. But there's an initial need for, uh, like, when you come into this world, there's a huge need for being who you are, expressing what matters to you. Like, kids are very open, but then their need to attach to that environment for their survival, you sacrifice quite a bit of the authenticity in the process. And, and now imagine years of going through that process, and you're at a point where that balance is completely broken, and now you're more taken towards the attachment side, the authenticity has disappeared. And I think all of our journeys is kind of reconnecting back to that authenticity that we had when we came into this world. And I watched that with my kids, like they don't, they don't hesitate with things. Like when they want something, they need something. Like if they come in front of me, I'm, I'm like, the, like they've seen me since I'm like this giant that takes care of them and stuff. But they will come in front of me and say, like, Baba, you're being rude. Like, I would never say that to somebody who's at, at it. Like, they have no filter whatsoever on that. But I'm like, but I appreciate that. I'm like, okay, what did I say that, that appeared <laughs> rude? And that helps me understand. But that, like, those are the things that we need to grow as a coach, like, to directly sitting in front of the client. This is what I hear. Yeah, and, and I've had to kind of force myself to gain that, to be direct. And this is what Steve Chandler talks about a lot of times is that, um, are you are you pleasing your clients or are you actually coaching them? There's a big difference between the two. And usually a lot of coaching is calling people out on, on their stuff and calling yourself out in the process. Uh, but like that need for authenticity is huge. And, and uh, taking it back to so in whatever environment I'm in, one of the things that I like doing is that I'm always watching people who are read, like ready to reconnect with that authenticity need. Most people are not. But those who are ready, they start to behave very, very differently. They start to notice certain things about themselves. They start to speak a certain way. Those are, those are the areas that you can pay attention to, not just within your family, but whatever networking group, whatever group you go to, there are certain people who are ready for coaching. And you become very attuned to that. And I, I want to build a relationship with them um, because that need for authenticity is what drives their need for self-actualization a lot of times. So Alec, as you have been going over the past couple of years, what are some of the specific things that you've done or strategies you've used to work through that, that fear of other, what other people think the, the, um, you know, feeling like you're inferior. Yeah. Um, I'll say getting more connected for me to what my vision is, my goals, um, it really helps provide clarity in terms of what's most important, right? When I think being liked by everyone's important, that means I'm putting that above the vision and the goals I have for my life and everything I want to accomplish, right? And as soon as I say, oh, I'm not going to post because I'm insecure about this. Well, now I'm putting all my dreams beneath that, right? And so really getting really clear about what is the impact you want to make? What do you need to do? How do you want to connect with people? And if you say, well, it means I'm going to have to do maybe public speaking for your journey, or you're going to want to do a podcast, you're going to want to post on Facebook to encourage, support, provide, you know, more of your brand. Um, if that's something you land on, then you have to understand how that fits in with, with your strategy. And the other piece really, for me, um, I mentioned that authentic, authenticity um, and how important that is. And also, I'll also throw in overthinking and perfectionism is something that I would struggle with for a long time, throwing that in the mix. So being insecure about posting, 
but then also being, is this post good enough, that perfectionism? And, oh, what if people take this the wrong way? What if this, what if that person sees it? What if they read this? Like that's overthinking. I'm an expert in both. Um, and overall, it's really getting things back in perspective for me on um, just one of my biggest things you see like gamify maybe over my shoulder is just play, like trying to make things feel like more like play, um, more like, like what are the consequences like of a, like a post that you're not extremely proud of? I've never had any consequences to anything I've ever posted. Only positive feedback, maybe something where like, I didn't get a like on something on Facebook, right? But like, that's okay. Like what actually happened? Nothing, right? Like, okay, just do it on the next one. And so I started posting one for myself. Um, I'm going to post because this is something that I feel called to do and I want to, and I want to work on my writing. I want to work on my posting, my brand. Um, and then also the belief that, you know, God didn't put me here, this, you know, because I needed another day, but maybe because somebody else needed me today. Right. So posting, because there's going to be one person out there that maybe needs to hear that today. And that's it. Right. That there's just one person, one person. Um, and not thinking about how all 1,200 of your friends are going to react when most of them don't even see it. Uh, and then I feel like I had one other thing around this that I wanted to mention. So uh, part of it is the content that you're posting, which I love. You're sharing that journey. What about the other side of it? Because one of the things that we've uh, talked about a lot within Coaching Mastery Community and everything that we're doing is that coaching begins when you actually start a relationship with somebody. And then you take that relationship to the point where you're actually supporting them in a coaching capacity and in a coaching session. How have you dealt with the, because I think that's where I see, like the first part is putting yourself out there, which is an initial scary thing for coaches. But the second hardest part is actually doing these sessions with people and putting yourself out there and then asking them to invest in themselves and move forward. So what has been your uh, transformation? What did you realize on that path um, that, that has shifted your perspective and what has worked for you? Yeah, um, how can I put this? I would say that shift, and this relates to back to the last thing, wanting to be liked was like one of my priorities for a long time, subconsciously or not. It was people pleasing. It was, I want this person to like me. So I'm going to say these things when you're coaching it from my perspective, at least like that is not going to work. Um, you can't just show up and try to please this person. Um, because there, you need to push them. You need to challenge them and you need to get them out of their comfort zone, not just solidify them and be like, you're doing great. And just, you know, praise them and just like tell them they're amazing no matter what you need to challenge me to push back and you need to um, have that urgency and that challenge for them. Um, you know, we are really good at getting in our own ways, right? A coach is there to help them get out of their own way. And that takes, yeah, like challenging, okay, it's kind of like we mentioned, asking tough questions, identifying and really listening and hearing maybe where there's a couple things they said that don't line up and being like, hey, when I heard that you mentioned this and then you said this, right. And, and really essentially it's about putting, um, really putting them ahead of yourself. Um, and that's so I, I love that you're describing the session, which is the next step, but before even getting into the session, how, how did you, what, was there some kind of, and I'm assuming this, I think you shared a little bit around this. Was there a, fear around even getting in a conversation in a coaching conversation to move that forward so let's say you're meeting somebody and uh, or you met somebody in a networking session or online somewhere getting them into the conversation and having the view that hey i'm going to offer them serve them and offer them my program was that some a hurdle that you needed to overcome as well yeah yep uh that definitely was um yeah, because there's one thing to like post a Facebook post. There's another thing to actually get in a session, have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody or reach out and ask someone and let them know, hey, I'm coaching or, hey, would you like to jump on a call? Um, yeah, it's completely a, a bigger step, especially when you're starting to do outreach. And 
it still ties a little bit to what I mentioned. And the way that I kind of would look through this would be around um, I'm the way I kind of put it is I'm not really reaching out to them for myself as much as I'm reaching out because it's something for them. Um, it's something that could add value, something that I believe in passionately, right? So it did start with me actually having conviction and belief in what I could provide in my service um, and, and stacking up that credibility with myself, putting in the work, being consistent. Um, and being in CMC was massive there because I would get coaching from another coach and be able to give feedback to them and discuss that. And I would give coaching to a coach and that coach would give me feedback on my coaching. And so that really started to stack wins and confidence and like, okay, I do know what I'm doing. Um, I am feeling better about this. Um, and then also making sure like one free sessions, right? That's a hundred percent of like my first sessions with people are free, low risk, um, and wanting to just do my best to make an impact and showing up to serve. I mean, it keeps going. I keep, I keep kind of going back to that on how I'm showing up and I want to be there for them. And it's not for me because as soon as I put myself ahead of them, then suddenly I'm thinking about, I mean, I don't even think this way anymore, but you could start thinking about how you want to get the pay, right? The money. And like that, that's the biggest thing. Cause maybe you have urgency around that for yourself, or I want them to like me would start to come up. And so then I'm not going to challenge as much. Um, I really try to keep my focus on this person needs someone to challenge them, needs someone to listen, needs someone to care and hear them fully recognize them, see them, and uh, really needs someone to be able to be that soundboard and be able to push and challenge and know that at the end of the day, that's what's going to get them forward, um, is that, that challenge, that push, that really taking them and pushing them to the next level and challenging that, because um, that's who I want to work with as a person that's going to be like, okay, I, I see that I want to be able to do this, and I, I, they have an urgency and a desire. Because if it's someone that isn't going to be interested in actually taking action um, or that is going to push back against challenges, maybe they're not ready. Uh, maybe it's not the right person to work with. Um, so really qualifying them as much as they're qualifying you is kind of another part there. The biggest quote statement that you said that sticks out of my mind that I think is so powerful is when you said that you were stacking up credibility with yourself. Because I think that is ultimately what, what it boils down to for the vast majority. I don't know that I should say all, I feel like I should say all, but you know, every time you say all like, well, there's always a special person, but let's say all, all. Okay. <laughs> I think we all can benefit from that. If we are not in integrity with ourselves, if we are not doing the hard work and proving to ourselves that we can do this, maybe our lack of confidence is justified. And so the way that we pivot out of justified, we suck to maybe we don't suck is to prove to ourselves that no, we actually don't suck. I can have these conversations. I can successfully lead people into change. And so you were stacking your these these moments of credibility for yourself. And that is what gave you the confidence, the platform to start to shift out of, I think I suck to, I don't think I suck as much. And I don't, you know, I think I'm not, I'm sucking less even every day. So I, I, I just, I love that. And I think whatever that looks like for us as coaches, depending on what kind of coach we are and how we're doing reach outs and what our offer looks like, how can we stack up credibility in ourselves for ourselves even more? Yeah, I really love that. And also, this is something Alex Hermosi says a lot. And like, there's this one podcast I heard that was very like that excerpt around it. He's like, most people focus on affirmations. And it's like, affirmations didn't give me who I am, like it could help. But what he said was very similar to what Sherry mentioned is that if you can, if you can stack enough evidence in your own mind that you can do something by actually doing it, then you don't need to rely on affirmations and, 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 and things that will say, because you know, based on evidence that what you're saying works, what you're teaching works, what you're asking works, the process that you're going through works. 
And that stacking is where the actual work comes in. So that's where that's where coaches can separate um, because a lot of coaches that jump in, they're like, okay, I'm a coach. I'm going to put in content. I'm going to do this stuff. Up until you're in coaching conversations, it's all theory. Until you've been in enough coaching conversations, then you start to see what you, then you start to see the stacking of that because you actually start to see the change that you create with clients and the feedback that you get directly from them. Part of the feedback is the transformation that they say, okay, that was amazing. Part of the feedback is that you start to work with people longer, you start to see the changes in them. And they, that, that's where I'm. part of feedback is that when they, when they invest in your program, and that's the, that, and this is why um, that, that money piece, which was going to be one of my questions in here is that um, a lot of coaches have a weird relationship with money. And that's very normal because I, I came from a world of jobs too. I was never taught anything about money or, or the psychology behind that. Um, and the important thing about money in this, especially in business, especially in the coaching world is that it's the, the most important indicator of how well you're doing this. Because people are actually taking their hard-earned money, and for most people, it is hard-earned money, from their account and giving it to you because they see the value. They see how this is going to support you to move forward. And that happens to be one of the hardest areas for coaches to reconcile their mind around. Um, from what I've seen, I'm curious, Alec, on your side, um, when you get to the offer part um, and, and you're making the offer, have you had to kind of work through the me mental hurdles or emotional hurdles around money piece and making that offer and how how have you been moving through that yeah good question i would say getting to that offer portion of the call at it for sure is just like almost automatically your my brain like starts to like i don't know speed up or something like it's just you know it's like intense um you're like getting to the point like it almost feels like the build-up right and like this is the like finale of, to a point like it's just uh it's tough yeah because everyone has different experience around money it's, it feels really uncomfortable to ask for this a bigger number um and then how'd you do right it's really where the money but like you know you're see if your coaching was good right there's a lot of pieces of it that can be pressuring um but ultimately how i've been kind of starting to think and framing this now is one like yeah you really right let's say you do your session one you get to the pitch and, and you make your pitch um one actually practicing saying the numbers <laughs> i remember the first time i said like my rubber and it was like stuttering and i like was like oh man that was that was not as smooth as i wanted that to be so <laughs> practice actually saying your numbers so you've been there before, right? When you're doing this, um, other than listening and just pausing, you need to make sure that you have confidence and conviction and belief in that, or as it'll get sniffed out or it's already tough, at least in my, and so get that and then listen. And I've always had some sort of objection. I need to talk to my husband, right. Or, oh, wow. Or, you know, other things. And just like an objection of some sort comes up and Recently, actually, I'm going to steal this from Brandon Burchard, where he talks about, he was like, when you see someone toss you an objection, he was like, just pretend that it's like a wiffle ball and you've got like the biggest bat in the world and you're ready <laughs> to just knock it out of the park. He's like, because ultimately, I mentioned earlier how coaching is, you know, we're really good at getting in our way, making excuses or saying like, oh, I don't know. But then coaches are to get, you know, get us out of our own way so we can move forward an objection is the same thing it, it's an opportunity where that client is potentially putting something blocking their decision their ability to move forward the ability to actually break through and meet some of their goals as you went through in the call and it's uncomfortable so that they're getting in their way again an objection is just an opportunity for you to coach again to understand to help them get more clarity on this thing they just brought up um I think Alex Ramosi says it. He was like, if they say they need to go think about it and like, maybe that's their wife, maybe that's their spouse, other things, but like any other thing, it's like you have all the information around your program, around the decision, and they're the one that's going to make it. So it's their thoughts and it's your program. So what better time to flush out those details and talk about it than right there at that moment, not for them to go off and think about it for a few days. This is the time, right? Yeah. Um, 
So really embracing that objection, not as a, oh crap, yeah, they should go talk to their wife. Oh yeah, okay, I'll, well, let's follow up in a week, right? And just kind of removing yourself and being like, oh, that makes sense. We got to catch ourselves and, and get curious again. Like, oh, you want to talk with your wife? Okay, like, yeah, 100%, you, you should do that, right? This is an investment in yourself and I don't want to cause any issues there, of course. How do you think that conversation is going to go? You know, what do you think she might say? Like coaching's an experience. It might be hard for her to understand. How do you think you're going to have that conversation? Um, and really helping them walk through how they think this will go and how they can have that. And really, and maybe they'll be like, you know, ultimately, I'm, it's not even that. I might not. I'm just not sure. Awesome. Now we found the actual reason, right? And now we can start talking about that. So the money is one thing. Get, practice it. Be confident in it. Uh, but then ultimately the real game is when the objections come and that that's really where you can ask and explore and understand. And, and really that's like the, the final, you know, of coaching and a little bit right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And you reminded me of another thing. One, one of the things that um, I'm, I've been going through a lot of sales trainings, and I think this was from Alex Ramosi, where he said that um, a lot of the ways that you people who get really good at dealing with objections is because they've actually dealt with those like, objections when they bought invested in a bunch of stuff themselves. Mm. So one of the reasons that I've seen coaches don't know how to deal with objections is because they haven't actually invested enough in themselves and they haven't had to deal with their own objections. So it's very hard for them to deal with other people's objections. This is why we over and over say it's like, if you're a coach, get a coach for yourself. Um, because if you don't have a coach, if you haven't invested in yourself and you're going out there and getting somebody else to do that, you're going to have a very, very hard time having the energy and the conviction and so many things that comes with that to even get them across the line, but actually be open to doing that. It's very simple. It's a lot like, like trying to challenge somebody to work out, but you never get off the couch yourself. Try challenging somebody to do that. You're going to struggle internally. You might say the right words, but it won't come out the right way. <laughs> you might even ask exactly the right question, but they will feel it. They will sense it because human beings are very good at picking that up. And you know it deep down that there's something inside of you that's incongruent. So it doesn't come out very well. Um, and, and the other piece, like one of the most dishonest things that I used to say to myself over and over is that uh, I don't care about the money, which completely it made later on it, it hit me was that, well, why do I have a business then? I can volunteer to do this. I can do this for some, well, of course I care about the money. That's one of the pieces. I think what most coaches mean when they say that is that they have their heart in this. There's a bigger reason than just money in it, but without money, without that fuel, your business will not function. So making peace with that and all sorts of beliefs that you have around money and, and how you do it. If, if, if you're reacting to making an offer and you're reacting to money, re, you're reacting to the business, to capitalism and all that stuff, those are areas for you to deal with. And if you don't have somebody pushing you in those areas, you're probably carrying those with you in every conversation and it's showing up and you're struggling to meet sales because you're the one who's in front of yourself. And, and this is our journey. And this is why I think that becoming a business owner and a coach is actually a huge step in the right direction for a lot of coaches because it forces them to grow in ways that they wouldn't otherwise, uh, even on the path that they have been on. Um, we'll leave it at that. We could have these conversations for in the next five hours too, but I think we're going to, we're yeah. going to wrap this up. I, I just want to thank Alec for being here, taking the time out, uh, out of his busy day to show up here. And I, I really want to celebrate and honor you on the journey that you've been on. Um, one of the things that's very clear is that your heart is in this and it really matters to you. And I think that's a, more of an indicator of success than probably almost anything else. And then the second piece is that you've actually done the work to get to this point. And you will continue to do that. So to, to me, that, 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 that's awesome. And we need more coaches like you out in the world. Uh, so I'm really excited to see it to, for you to uh, jump in more into this world and really excited to see the journey. And we're all growing together. We're part of the same community. Um, and anybody who's listening to this, any of the coaches in our community, if you haven't gone on an assessment call that we gave as a bonus, um, please uh, jump in on that call. If you haven't taken advantage of our masterclass, uh, type hashtag masterclass um, below for our marketing masterclass. If you're listening to this outside of our community and on our podcast platform or, um, or on YouTube or somewhere else, um, 
please check out the links below. It will get you connected to us, whether it's through our Facebook. We add a lot of value. We have more content in our free Facebook group and a lot of people have in their paid group. So you'll get a lot of value from there. And we all, we're always bringing coaches together to make sure that they don't feel like they're alone and not isolated. They're on this journey together. And that's part of the free membership. So make sure you join us and be part of the community, regardless of whether you pay us or not. But you will find that as soon as you join in, just like Alec has made that decision, uh, it will help accelerate your path. And, and that we know for sure, because we're, we joined this community for that reason, all of us, even the leadership team. Uh, Sherry, did you want to add something? Also, uh, I'll want Alec to share his uh, contact information for anybody who would want to contact him. But Sherry, did you want to add something? No, I think you said it all. Um, yeah, we're here, we're here to serve serve coaches uh, to grow together. And the more coaches we have, the more we can grow. Yeah, for sure. Alec, uh, where can people find you? I know you got hacked out of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Facebook got hacked. I do have a new one. Um, and I, things are looking up where I might be getting my old one back. But yeah, looking up Alec Lorenzo, you'll see my face. Um, and you can find me there also on LinkedIn. I believe I'm the only Alec DiLorenzo on LinkedIn. And you can also find me on Instagram, Alec DiLorenzo, one word on Instagram. Um, but yeah, get connected with me. I know we didn't have time to get into like the research call and some other things I'm doing for outreach. So if you're curious, shoot me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Love to support you. Um, and if you think that would add value, yeah, do it. Um, but yeah, overall, thank you, Faisal, Sherry. This was a ton of fun. Um, you guys have both been mentors, coaches, and for me, for you know, at least nine to 12 months, Jerry, from you, me really getting to know you through CMC and then Faisal last couple of years, like my growth, I wouldn't, I definitely would not be here and, and making the progress I am without both of your support. So big thank you. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alec. Awesome. It was such a pleasure to have you here and uh, hope to see you guys next week on our podcast. And uh, until then, hope you have an incredible day. Bye. Bye. See ya. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. 